0: Welcome to a very special Truthcast episode of and almost starring. Did you know there was a prequel to Caddyshack 2? And Jackie Mason was played by Rodney Dangerfield. You can find out all sorts of neat movie facts like that on our comedy podcast, The Truthcast. Uh, no, wait, Dickie, you said comedy podcast? Yes, we are an improvised comedy no, no, podcast. No, 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 no We the... are an alternative media source for truths and the real news. We are not a vaguely homoerotic soap opera. People have Beavis and Butthead meets the X-Files. Thank you. Listen to the Truthcast wherever you get podcasts. Is William Murray in the prequel? I really enjoyed William Murray. Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And Papa, can you hear her? We're looking at Yentl.
1: For better or for worse, out there in
0: Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm well.
1: Uh my allergies still attempting to murder me from the inside. So if you hear a bit of extra huskiness in my voice, it's just that good old New York City pollen.
0: Uh which, you know, that's how you know spring has sprung, baby. Spring has. How are you, sprung? Jeff? I am doing just fine. And so you, listener, know, moving forward, for the time being, we're going to be scaling back to bi-weekly episodes. So if next week rolls around and you're like, um, where's mine almost starring? Excuse me? The, the reason being is that we're going now to every other week for the time being.
1: It's all good. It's all Employment based, yes, and yes, you know what we yes, yes. love
0: employment, employment. Um, uh, especially after this pandemic. Precisely.
1: So know that it's just so we can keep bringing you content um,
0: but on it's a semi-regular beca- regular become basis. Become a
1: little more difficult to do so, right, right, right. But it's right, still right, all
0: good, right. baby. Just for the time, just for the time. And if you're, you know, if it's hard for you to be like, well, I don't know when you guys are going to have episodes. I don't know how to keep track. The easy way is just to, if you're not already doing so, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Uh, if you want. Maybe Anyway, give us a rating and review and tell a friend yes baby yentl came out on january 6th 1984 and was directed by of course barbara streisand and written by jack rosenthal and barbara streisand amy joe what is your experience with yentl Had you seen it before i have so much to say
1: um this was an interesting rewatch for me mm-hmm. because when i say i love loved this movie in my youth. I watched it so, so, so many times in like middle school, high school. I had one of those little uh, built in VHS players with like a 12 inch TV screen that would I would like Put something on to go Luxury. to sleep to. <laughs> Truly, it felt like it. And w- what is a laptop if not like a 12 inch yeah. TV screen? But without a DVD drive? This was one of my active rotation VHSs uh, to go to sleep to, to just have on in the background. Oh, I remember. Wow. Oh, I wa- I I've watched this so many times. So I.
0: Babs is just singing you off to sleep?
1: Well, yeah. Often it would be Funny Girl. It was another, sure. Sure, sure, you sure. know, one to go to sleep to. Godspell starring Victor Garber. Victor Garber. Himself. Um, those Broadway's were began. one Camelot. Those were, but mm. that was a two mm-hmm. a two VHS situation. So you oh. know, you, I pretty much watched so you set your
0: Camelot. alarm to wake up in a few <laughs> to make sure you could go no, switch, I, out I, the, I, switch out the VHS. No, no I, I, didn't I didn't want to I, see I, Act
1: Two. Too sad. um oh, I see. But so I <laughs> hadn't seen. So you
0: you were treating Camelot like Into the Woods Junior, where Absolutely. it ends after Act One with happily now, ever after. Are I there?
1: Some great songs in Act Two, of course there are. But do I need to? The titular Camelot. Do I need to? Well, that's that's technically like the third number in the show. But yes, it also has reprise oh, that I closes see. it. You know, but is, is it ever I would leave you? Is that in the back half? Isn't that in the second? It depends. VHS? On, no, it depends on which licensed version of the script you're talking about. Well, but in technically, the movie. in the movie, I think it is in the back. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen it on and the I've VHS. Never seen the no, I've seen it, but movie. I've seen it. Believe yeah. me, I own it. Streaming, but um. <sighs> In some versions, it's earlier, and in some versions, it's later. In the movie, it's later, which I think is canon. Let's be real. Uh, Franco Nero, still married to Vanessa Redgrave after all these years. They met during really? that movie. Oh,
0: yeah. Really? They Frank are O'Nero still together. And Vanessa Redgrave are still together. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. When did they get together? On Way that movie? Then? Wow. And you're telling me Vanessa Redgrave, like you're telling me Franco Nero did enter the ninja and Vanessa Redgrave still stayed married to him <laughs> Look, after looking at the mustachio to Franco Nero. we all got to make a buck. And you know what he is? That Very attractive. Pushing through the the ninja cloth <laughs> mask. <laughs>
1: It was shocking. <laughs> it was shocking. I was also like, oh, Lancelot, how far you've fallen. Oh, well, well, I had no idea. I had no
0: um, idea. Yeah, no, together. and they're a gorgeous them. couple. Good for them. Yeah, oh, I think sure,
1: the sure. year that she won a Tony for Long Days, like mm. there's a shot of him sitting next to her. Oh, Why do I know this? Because I was obsessed with them as a couple. Oh, sure. Anyway point is i watched yentl a lot but mm. i don't think i've seen it since high school and it was hard to come back to it and and have you know it, there are parts of this movie that i think still really work yeah. and a lot of it that i'm like we we could have we could have done without a lot of a little this. trim
0: trimmery a little I, trimmery
1: would go a long way
0: i had to pause the movie a few times while we were watching and each time i was shocked how much more movie there was mm-hmm. and well, shocked cause there
1: was more think singing happening.
0: that well, there's a lot. Yeah, we had to get to a lot of think singing. <sighs> there's so much think singing. There
1: was film. one point where you just audibly groaned when she started <sighs> think singing again. I was
0: like, you know, Jeff, you it's got, not going to stop. Got one song that's your think singing because your protagonist is like, I can't sing the words aloud because I'm so sheltered because am It's all inside my heart, you know. And and then that's all you need—the one think singing song—and like I get what it does, but I, and I get like when you're like on stage, it doesn't feel you know your protagonist You're is singing a song it. a and no audience. one else hears it no one else is aware they're singing at a dinner table no one else is aware and in the movie i, I understand especially at this time when there were not a lot of musicals being made very few Because like, this is at the time when like yeah. musicals were pretty the movie musical was like dead uh so i get when like babs is just sitting there at the table and everyone no wonder hadas and abridor yeah they're all just eating their food and no one you know and if she was singing out loud I could see the, the you I see the producers being like, Well, what is she doing? Like, I see the producer on set being like, Well, why is she singing? Wouldn't wouldn't Mandy Patinkin be looking over and be like, uh, are you why are you singing? Can I, at I this join table? him? Exactly. Well, I mean, let's don't even get me started <laughs> on the fact that you cast this did, Mandy I Patinkin will say, and that he's even, not singing a note.
1: Even as a youth. It bothered me muchly that we had acclaimed vocalist Mandy Patinkin in a lead role in which he doesn't get to open up the pipes.
0: And we'll get into it. But it was not, I would guess, ever intended to be a role that would sing based on the other actors. I'm sure it it. wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Yentl or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief ish synopsis. In 1904 Eastern Europe, Yentl Mendel is a young woman living in an Ashkenazi shtetl. Her father secretly instructs her in the Talmud, despite the prescription of such study by women, according to the custom of their community.
1: And in the community, a young Miriam Margulies. Yes, you. good eyes on you. Oh my gosh. I did not spot. It was in the first scene, she's like talking to the fish wife, fishmonger, fish wife. Fish wife
0: yeah i think
1: that's technically what you anyway she's talking to
0: the woman who sells the f- fish. fish wife sounds very. a fish wife really does just sound someone married to a fish uh, but maybe that is the term for it <laughs> i'm not I would, sure
1: I, if it's meant to be an insult like i, like I don't know my nag, i don't know my fish uh verbiage. or if that's a lady fishmonger Please. listeners weigh a lady in Lady
0: fishmonger a lady fishmonger a lady fish mong. A fish A Fish Ooh. Mm. Gender
1: is dead. Anyway, the point is the woman selling the fish. Um, yeah. There's another woman selling veg mm-hmm. or fruit. And I was like, that looks like. And You know when like something tickles the back of your brain? And you're like, wait, I know that face. Oh, the old brain, brain tickles. And then it goes back to her. It cuts yeah. back to her. And I was like, is that? No. Like and then I thought,
0: later, at the ch- in the church, when Yentl sees her father like keel yeah, over, and, and she's just like, and, and everyone's like, giving uh, her judgy uh, eyes,
1: because it's not done, you, you know?
0: quickly, bl- the camera like blows past as She's I like, went, oh, can it believe it's Yentl?
1: No, and I was like, it is. I was like, yeah. pause it. I looked it up, I was like, it is. Do you know who that was? And I made Jeff rewind it, mm-hmm. and go, sure okay, did. her, who is that? And you went, is that Miriam Mark? It sure goes? is, baby. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. As Sarah, the pivotal role of Sarah.
0: <laughs> yes, as a, of a nurse in our previous episode, Shakespeare, or yes, Shakespeare's R and J. I was like, Baz Lerman's R and J? No, it is, it is Shakespeare. Shakespeare's William Shakespeare's R plus J.
1: R plus J. R plus J. Yeah.
0: yeah, this was this first number is where she first, which I, I also, it cracked me up every time because it was clearly whoever decided this, whether it was Babs, whether it was Jack Rosenthal, whether it wasn't a producer, it wasn't just that you're think singing it was you if you are around other people then you're going into your mind so she starts this first song just singing and then she goes in to check on her father who's fallen asleep and as soon as she goes in the bedroom now it's in her mind and as soon as she leaves the bedroom she's back to like singing aloud um and i'd love if you know it's like he's like i can hear you you're j- it's not a, <laughs> these do- these walls are thin like i'm trying to sleep i'm trying to sleep i will say as
1: ridiculous as the think singing gets to be, she sounds fantastic. Oh, she sounds great. I was like, <laughs> of course. Man, I mean, Barbara Streisand had some pipes. I mean, I guess she still is, but she doesn't really sing. But like, especially like, man, 60s, 70s, 80s, Barbara Streisand, like it, the yeah. vocals are so smooth.
0: Yeah. Oof. And there's no one else to compare them to because she's the only one allowed to sing.
1: Look, but if others tried, that's that's actually the thing. I, hearing the thought of Mandy Patinkin, who has one of the fastest vibrato's known to man, singing with Barbara Streisand, who sings with virtually no vibrato for like a long, long time. That'd be very interesting trying to put those two voices together.
0: I, I think just, I'm, I'm fine with just a bunch of solos. I'm fine with he's got a solo. A, give Amy Irving a solo. Talk about someone, someone who should be. Thinks, how how much is she thinks What's happening in the head? What what an opera is going on in that mind for the first hour and nine minutes, I, I believe?
1: spilled the before beats. She I spilled the
0: beats. Oh, oh, no, oh, no,
1: oh, no. I spilled the wine. I spilled the wine. It could be that.
0: Right. Also, Alice, like, as it went, like I, I also, yeah, I think it was like two-thirds of the way through, and she started think singing again, and I was gro- groaning, when I was groaning, and I was like, we just don't need them. I, I didn't need these songs, or because it's like- it's just solo after solo, ballady solo after ballady solo, um, and I looked up after because several reviews claimed that all the songs sounded the same, which was also my problem. That I was they started many become of indistinguishable them indistinguishable, very me. similar yeah. uh, pitch patterns, and. The songwriters, Alan Bergman and Marilyn Bergman, or maybe they only did the lyrics, I believe, because... Well,
1: I know Michel Legrand wrote the score, score. so it's my assumption he wrote the music to these, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. So they said they wanted the songs to reflect the lessons of the Talmud, in which each lesson often reflects the lesson before it. So that's... Take that as you will.
1: Okay. I will say that's an interesting idea, but then... um, it needs to play out in a more complex way. Musically. I think, that's, I, think I think. it was a little oversimplified. And I guess if
0: they're the lyricists, that's what they're saying, which I think lyrically when you have like whatever, Papa, can you hear me is like being threaded through. I think, I think lyrically
1: it is successful in that way. An
0: interesting idea. But like I, I from a musical standpoint, I, I was just like started losing my mind.
1: Yeah, my, it, it felt a bit cyclical in a way that, is accurate to the lived experience of being a person, but not necessarily dramatically helpful in, in trying to move us forward. There yeah. were a couple good songs. There was the oh, one yeah. when, um, well, there's Papa. Can you hear you can me? Probably hear me. Classic, classic.
0: And then there's the, the oh my, the main thing I knew about this movie. Papa, the, can hear me. There's the one
1: that she does where she's just like, basically, what am I gonna do?
0: Yes, which comes after the song that I hated. Which then I learned was the two songs nominated for the Oscar were Papa, can you hear me? And then the I, I forget the name of it. No
1: wonder he loves her.
0: I think that's. I think it was that. Which then then she then is, goes to the bedroom with Hadassah and it's like, no wonder she loves him or whatever. And I was like, oh no, this song is still going on? Oh, the song went on the whole film. <sighs> um, But then there is the, the one, one Link, that like actually, that it has narrative great. drive yes, to it. Yes, that one ruled. That was like great. what you want. And, and then that the,
1: finale, finale. the finale. I burst into tears. I know, I you just like, cut
0: like, straight oh. to the end. But yeah, this finale, her on the boat. Belting out, I like. Barbara I'm gonna, Streisand I, I'm on a boat. fly.
1: You also haven't seen Funny Girl. Babs on so a boat. Babs I, on I a boat. I, That's I actually iconic from you Funny own Girl. it And
0: I, I put a stack of, I have a stack I'm of. I'm ready. You have so many wonderful classic films, and s- several of them that I've not seen. So, listener, I've I've made like a nice little stack in front of our TV to so, to remind us to be like, okay, like Funny Girl would love to watch. Uh, whatever else I have there. Patton, blind spot for Patton. me. I've never seen Patton. Call Me Madam, much Call less important, less, very less fun. revered, but I love Donald O'Connor, yes. Ethel Merman, George Sanders. Yes, Vera George Sanders. A great yeah. quartet. They dance, they sing. Yes. It's delightful. Um, but we're not talking about Call Me Madam right we're now. Not. We're talking about that Yentl. So uh, her father, Papa dies. And after the death of Papa, Yentl decides to cut her hair short, dress like a man, take on the name Anshul, and enter a yeshiva, a Jewish religious school. Uh, there she befriends a fellow student, Avigdor, the aforementioned Mandy Patinkin. With
1: curls
0: for Curls to days. die for. And this hair, it's this some of the hair best hair
1: is, I in, mean, in a film we've covered. It is tremendous. Like, it, <laughs> beautiful, they, beautiful. Beautiful hair on this guy. This is like the, like, most attractive Mandy Patinkin has ever looked. Just like, he, he shot yeah. so dreamily. Yeah. This is one thing I really appreciate about it being like a very Jewish film and mm-hmm. and meaning they've cast actual Jewish people and it is directed by an actual Jewish woman, you know, that it's like Definitely. we're going to take this man who is like, yeah, like plays a lot of like leading roles, but like Che in Evita is a character role, even if it's the lead, you know, like. But we're going to shoot this person.
0: Enigo Montoya.
1: Inigo Montoya is a character role. But we're going to shoot Mandy Patinkin like a beautiful leading a, a, man the, the should be shot. Boat
0: that he is. That's
1: exactly right. And I think that that is, is partially, it's like what, what they did with Crazy Rotations, where it's like we're going to shoot these people who often are like relegated to side characters as like the gorgeous yeah. like leading characters when that it's they like, are. It's like
0: so often there's like a lens put on the camera to just turn people sexless. Yes. And to take that lens off and exactly. be like, no, 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 let's, let us drink this up. Let's have a nice extended scene of naked bums, Mandy. Uh, bums, those bums, 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 And him, it was like Austin Powers level of them going out of their way to hide <laughs> that patinkus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he was, it was. We got a started. good shot of the patookas. I kind of want to go back and check again because, because <laughs> we also, we listener, we always watch with the subtitles on just, just, uh, I mean, I always like subtitles on just because if I'm, I'm munching a snack or whatever, it's sometimes it's like, you know, age rips the hearing away. Um, but the subtitles are. I, I it felt like the subtitles were covering <laughs> the Patinkus as he he as he was like, the camera's following him coming out of the water as Barbara is just like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the subtitles, I was like, I, are the subtitles covered? It's like, if if we took the subtitles off, are we seeing that? Are we seeing some full frontal Patinkin? is is Are we getting a Patinkin incident <laughs> all up in here? <laughs> yeah. They are working so hard to like just sh- almost, not sh- just, yeah. to, just to not show it's great
1: they're treating you're telling him me it's like- great <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me but it's it's like yeah he's shot like a dreamboat oh, yeah. which quite frankly he is yeah. you know oh, like yeah. and so it's it was very fun to see that and be like yes these curls yes this sensitive until you know he's not but um i was like yes way to like Way to make me like drool over Mandy Patinkin, which is not a thing I'm usually doing. You know,
0: I guess. I guess he was he was a, a handsome fellow. That Nigo Montoya, no, sure you know was. Yeah, you, you're stopping the mustache. I think if you take the mustache off of Nigo Montoya, true. you were then it's. I think they had to put it on because they were like, no, no, we don't, because we if, can't compete with Carrie. Well, yeah, you put that mustache on Wesley and you're like, that's not helping him. But if you have no mustache on Inigo Montoya, then it's like, sorry, like Wesley. So I think it's like, yeah, I guess that's the passage of time is adds mustaches to all. <laughs> um, but yeah, she meets Avigdor, who she begins to fall for and meets Avigdor's fiance, Hadas. also, man, she, Yentl really did not plan well for this at all she planned nothing for someone so smart
1: she planned nothing
0: They're like what's he's like what's your name and she's like my name uh yo um, hey, uh hey uh, yo uh, uh boat it's uh An- my name's boat An- i mean Shull. that's it anchel yeah she's like that's my name anchel i was like you don't know your name and 10 seconds later it's like anchel come come join us and she, she, she's just like staring and just like huh what
1: <gasps> oh that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's me that's me i'm
0: anchel <laughs> Sorry, Liza Minnelli's playing Yentel, <laughs> apparently. As Yentel. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. I don't know what that would be. It's 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 uh, a lot. It's on ansh, with a sh, not not hansel with a suh, because on with a sh goes sh, not suh. I don't know,
1: we gotta workshop
0: it. <laughs> There's something there <laughs> that wasn't there before. Uh and yeah, Hadas who spends the first hour and nine minutes of this film not speaking a word. Not a word. Oh, brother. Not, not a Oh, I see. Uh, yes, thank you for the uh, non visual <laughs> medium to just go speaking uh, and then giving me a like, ah. Uh, <laughs> well, I
1: meant fan. more like n- not even a, a vocal, oh, oh, ah, oh, ah. Yeah, like not even an
0: exclamation. Silent. Like it really was, it dragged on to the so long before she finally spoke that I was like, is she going to be? Lena Lamont and Singing the Rain. Is she finally going to speak? Are they? Fi- they're finally and be- exactly, exactly. Oh, ancho it's so nice to have some time. They're trying you. to
1: marry me off, ancho <laughs> ancho I don't want to marry some old banker. Uh, <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Suddenly, I'm deeply you I can't to this. live without my almond cookies. <laughs> you love him
0: <laughs> yes you do a much you do a much better being on the mind thank you i've um, been in practice since youth, since, <laughs> since today you were born uh, so upon discovering that avigdor lied about his brother's death he says that he died of consumption when actually he committed suicide uh so Hadassah's family cancels their wedding over fears that avigdor's family is tainted with insanity Hadassah's parents decide that she should marry anshul instead and avigdor encourages Anshul to go ahead with the marriage so Hadassah can marry someone she knows is rather than a stranger husband. It's the worst plan I've ever heard in my life. It's terrible. Although it starts where Mandy is like, I mean, Mandy is selling every moment of this. He film. is working overtime and I am willing to pay. But because I kn- knew so little about this film that he is like, I've got this great idea, Anshul. So, you you know, like how if a if like a husband dies, the wife will then go marry the brother. And I'm like, uh huh. It's like, and how, you know how you and I, Anshul, we're like brothers. I was like, uh-huh. It's like, so you got to marry Hadass. I'm like, is this going to be a murder mystery? And then you kill. Or <laughs> then I was like, is it then you fake? I thought I was like, are you going to fake Yentl's death? Like fake Anshul's death? So that way Hadass could marry Avigdor. And then Yentl just comes back as Yentl to be like, hey, I'm Anshul's long lost sister. And Anshul died. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. But now Here you're married to Abigdor oh. Because he's kind of... Your brother, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, Neither
1: did Ovid But no, the
0: plan is just like, it's, it's the perfect plan. You're my best friend marry the woman I love. I promise I won't go crazy with jealousy over the fact that you're now married to the woman I love he and sleeping with her. He said something about
1: like, your marriage could be dissolved or something. it's like, what do you think it's gonna happen?
0: That was all like, and blah, blah, blah. We'll figure it out. And we'll figure it out in post. It was like so much he of this plan.
1: And, and this part, I do understand. He was like, I don't want her to marry some like old dude who Who's will gonna take her away, her away, somewhere, away of somewhere else. Course. This I way get I can it. Still That's like, see her. This way I can see her. There's still hope. Yeah, but but hopeful, it's such like, to see it's be, such an uh, early 20s yeah. idea. It's yeah. such a like, and I'm stupid, Mandy I'm sheltered. And when
0: 30 and Babs is 40, this idea doesn't track. If you've no. got people, if, yes, if you're seeing two people in their, tr- if you're seeing a guy that looks like he's in his early 20s, I could understand this a bit more. But Mandy I is looking it. at like um he's putting the man in Mandy Putin he's oh, Mandy. Mandy. Uh so no this, I get I, it I, I think
1: we are meant to, to believe they are a bit younger um and I'm willing to take that flight of fancy because sure. this is also based sure. on a play that was on Broadway yeah i would be very curious to read it and see how like some of these scenes
0: played out on Broadway I'm curious as well because the author I, think, I forget if it was the author of the Story it was based on, or if, if it was the, the playwright. Playwright, I'm I'm blanking because I don't remember. Or the play, maybe the playwright was, was Jack Russell. Either way, one of the writers hated the film and compared it, comparing it to the Broadway play and comparing it to Tova Felche, who played the role oh. on Broadway. Oh. of how
1: wow brilliant
0: she would. I be didn't realize she did it. And how Babs like butchered it in so many ways. He was not a fan. Other people were. Steven Spielberg said this was because Babs directed it. Said that it was the best directorial debut since Citizen Kane. Oh.
1: Okay, that's...
0: He was also dating Amy Irving, who's in this movie. Oh, so
1: we have Roger some- Ebert
0: gave it three and a half stars. Roger Ebert l- thought so much of the film was great. So because this film is like, especially at the time, it was like branded a vanity project and has gotten mixed reviews. But there are people that legit love this film. So listener, if you are one of them, I think that, I just want to say briefly, I think there is so much to love about this film, even though I personally struggled with a lot of it. Uh, but I just, I'm glad that this story was made into a film. Absolutely. Despite-
1: and... and- even if the way in which it was meaning musically uh, is a bit rough, like having talked to a lot of my friends who were Jewish about various like projects, particularly on Broadway or whatever being very Jewish properties that are then cast with a lot of non-Jews. Like yeah. this doesn't have that problem and it celebrates in, in a, in a way that's very exciting to see an extremely oh, yeah. Jewish story. And, and, and I think that that is very successful. Yes it's i just i as much as i love hearing barbara sing it i maybe a song over the credits maybe Papa, can it. you hear me i mean and the finale
0: i i think if it was like whatever or you got a like real four, musical four songs like if she had like if she had four songs in the film that, or, and and of course then have other people sing have other people sing please just make it a full-blown musical or strip all the musical away. and you're right and then just have she can sing one song yeah. for the credits or fi- you can finagle some way that she diegetically that she's going to sing this Smith sings song. Men in
1: Black, but he doesn't sing in <laughs> he, Men in Black.
0: He, yes. You know excellent, what I mean? Excellent point. I
1: thought it was a perfect comparison.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. So Anshul does marry Hadas to avoid Avigdor fleeing town, but their marriage remains unconsummated, with Anshul claiming it is a sin for a woman to give herself to a man while she loves another. Which, I mean, as far as plans go, this, this I'm like, it, it tracks. Uh,
1: well, I guess also she's, like, Yentl is relying on the idea that Hadas will never actually fall in love with Anshul. Yeah. You know, that's like, well, why would, why would she ever choose me over Avigdor? This is gonna buy me some time, maybe right. indefinite. Yeah. And in the meantime, I can, like, help her get some education
0: starts to teach her the talmud very similar to the way that her father would Of like well why are you shutting the curtains like i trust that god will understand i don't trust our neighbors she repeats that line which is a nice little callback Mm -hmm. uh and but uh hadass does indeed start to develop romantic feelings for yentl as anshul uh and this goes on anshul leaves for a trip to the city with avigdor finally reveals her true identity to avigdor and when Avigdor reacts with rage and confusion, demanding to know why she didn't tell him, Yentl breaks down in his arms, showing she has revealed her real self to him out of love.
1: Now, I, 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 I had some thoughts about this moment. I think it totally makes sense that a man of this time and place and 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 given like their whole cultural background would be livid and and would react in this way. That makes total sense to me. But what stops him and breaks him down is when she was like, it's cause I loved you that that's when he like, They collapse into each other and he like starts crying. I'm like, of course. Like it's I mean, yes, of
0: course, but it is like because he also loves her. Sure. And and it is like, you're my friend, you've been lying to me. So I I understand in the moment. And he goes through this very quickly. This is all within this scene. It's not like he finds this out and is like, forget you, and then whatever. And then he they reconcile. It's like it all happens in this scene. And I mean, yes, absolutely. But, you know, he is also the shock of I've been lied to by the person I consider my closest friend. It
1: just made me laugh that the way in which we as the audience are meant to witness him processing this information, it does it didn't seem like maybe it's because we didn't get a close up on him. It was like of the two Mm. of of the two, like we get like a shot over the shoulder of her saying this and then the two of them like a long long shot of the, the two of them collapsing in together was like we're meant to be like watching him go ah yes love you loving me is a thing that makes sense (laughs) none of the rest of this crap makes sense but this
0: yeah he he does then like okay okay this is great because then they then they kiss and he's like okay so we're gonna we can elope that you know your marriage with uh hadas doesn't you know that'll be annulled because you know two women can't marry so then me and you can elope and yentl realizes that she's not going to be able to continue her studies if she marries Avigdor because he's just like great we'll get married and then you'll stop all this nonsense it's like no no this is the whole point the point wasn't for me to marry you one of the things i did really enjoy about the film is that i did not i didn't know what the ending was going to be i didn't know where which direction it was going so Mm -hmm. i was very pleasantly surprised that it took the i i, I was like I, is this a world where avigdor and and yentl will be together and she'll find a way to still keep studying and i was like oh he's not down with that so she's like bye yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go I to america go you go back to hadas and be together wh- we can all they... kind of
1: like heal this triangle as best we can right and the best way we can is you two be together now hadas has a little more like is a little more headstrong yes you
0: don't see the scene of him because the author is like what do you I love about Hadass is like she doesn't speak it's like I don't know anything of what's going on in her mind it's like no
1: wonder Hadass falls in love with Anshul who's like oh good job on the this you notice the china
0: you notice the cookies you notice everything
1: it's like well yeah it's here and uh, I'm looking at it Uh, I'm not totally like oblivious to the fact that it cost you effort to do things right
0: so we don't see a scene of Abidur getting back and then or like you know writing to Anshul like what did you do to Hadass she keeps (laughs) I keep telling her to do things and she keeps say no she keeps bringing up the talmud tall one chal uh but yes we end with avigdor returning to Mary hadas and yento leaves europe on a boat bound for the united states where she hopes to lead a life with more freedom and with a smile on her face she finishes the story by singing papa watch me fly i mean that last note i'm getting emotional thinking about it
1: right now oh so good she did it she she did a uh thing earlier in the in the song where she pops like a high note, but it was really short. And I was like, I remember this being a very long, oh, there's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah. And it's so, oh, it's such an effective finale.
0: Oh, it's great. That
1: it's like, if we had trimmed so much of this music out, can you imagine how hard these things would land? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The casting director of Yentl was Sis Corman, an Emmy nominee for casting the TV movie Serving in Silence. Corman has also cast such films as The Deer Hunter, Raging Bull, and Once Upon a Time in America. So also, fun fact, for this film, Barbara Streisand became the first woman ever to win the Golden Globe for Best Director. It was Babs? Yeah, she was not nominated for the Oscar, uh, but yeah, first woman to be nominated for the Golden Globes, even though Golden Globes are nonsense and BS and so, so problematic is. but that was really cool uh so let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast some of these people may have auditioned some may have just been discussed by casting this is all a little subjective and as always i have looked up all the actors in advance and amy joe is hearing it along with you listener for the very first time mm. so let's kick it off with avigdor amy joe your thoughts on that mandy patinkin and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else well we've already i mean he's great in. he's so he's good. so good
1: He's like electrifying to watch. He's shot like, you know how like some Grecian statues have like the curls and everything. It's just like mm-hmm. yes, he looks like a statue come to life in a very like vivid way. He is selling this so hard,
0: yeah. but it doesn't feel effortful. And for that, I thank him. Um, he's grabbing at me. Why he was grabbing? I'm not always grabbing at you. you. That that is just like selling it, like that line yes. of like where you're like is. It never goes too heavy handed, which I, it's which is great because some yeah. parts of the film do get very heavy handed, well, but that they never have like him being like, oh, my God, what am I starting to have feelings for my friend? A man? It's just you it's just like it's it's played with a, such a nice, delicate touch,
1: lightness of touch. Also, knowing he will get to this is this is a thing about a really smart actor, too, and, and a director who is also a smart actor who will then like trust the actor to know, like I get to actually say that in the final scene. So I don't need to play it super hard now. Yeah, I can play it like in the, the back of the mind and just put just enough of it in there that then later it will track back, but yeah. I don't need to like lean into it here. Yeah. I think, I think he's really excellent. Um, I did say to you while we were watching this, I was like, man what would I give to see him play Orsino in Twelfth Night at this point uh, in his that, life yeah in a
0: 1983 production of Twelfth Night
1: come I on it would be, be perfect, excellent yeah. I would actually love to see Babs as Violet like yeah. take this and, and sure. put it there it'd be great but like I was like oh he's giving me such Orsino energy and it's beautiful as to other thoughts I don't have a ton um, just because I think for the time he's so excellent another person for the time maybe and it, ju- it doesn't feel quite quite right but Mm -hmm. I I basically was like who are other like Jewish actors who are like working and making movies and and one of the time would be Victor Garber who I still think would be very charming sure I think Mandy's a better fit but Victor Garber very
0: charming I'd watch it once again, you are mocking this beautiful singer by not letting him sing a note, and this
1: was also a thought, <laughs> but An- yeah, another actor who he'd be a little old for it at the time. So if this was made a little sooner, Tony Curtis, someone oh. else is like, charming. it's a it's a different vibe, but I was yeah. like, i could I could see it. And then if this were made, I don't know, like early two thousands, I'd be like, Adrian Brody.
0: Mm. yeah
1: like sensitive charming because i think one of the things that patinkin does so well is like you need this kind of character that she can fixate on not just as like a love interest but initially as a protector and like a big brother figure yeah and someone who genuinely like is excited and stimulated by like oh here's finally someone i can talk about all these things with and so you need someone who reads as like very sensitive and intelligent and 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 I don't know. I I think that that I could see Adrian Brody doing that pretty well.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, this was hard. I I don't know. Like I could see around this time, like a young Chris Sarandon. Mm. I could see. Mm. Um, this would be like 1983. I forget when A Room with a View was and My Beautiful Laundrette. But like, if you got like a baby Daniel Day Lewis, like Mm -hmm. I could so see that Mm -hmm. he's someone that you know he's gonna ingrain himself in. The life in the character, um, and you know he's a beautiful man in his, in his youth. Uh, and <laughs> uh, this is made later, like if this was made in the aughts, like I could see like a Jake Gyllenhaal in this. Oh sure, that I would like, and if it was made more recently, because I like also like I like the idea. It's like yes, it's very nice to have like this mama man, but like if you have a much more youthful cast for sure. th- these major roles, like a Timothy Chalamet. Mm. to today i'm just seeing of like someone that is also having that youthful energy I where think, he's gonna make a stupid decision like yeah, hey Brad, marry would, my girlfriend yeah i think that that would help a lot of the story mechanics not yeah. feel so many not feel so mechanical yeah absolutely uh so Manny patinkin hated the script <laughs> and he heard that barbara Streisand had been working on the script for 13 years so he didn't he's like i can't meet with her I can't meet with someone who's been working on a script for 13 years to tell them I hate their script. Like, so he just was like, no, I'm just not interested. But she kept trying to offer it to him. So finally he went and met her at her house and and like told her everything he'd not like about the role. And she was like, great, we'll change those things. So he had like, according to him, like a lot of input on his character uh, and the arc. So they collaborated on it together to the point that according to him, she had him go to a yeshiva to study. Because she wasn't allowed to go. So he's like, you're going to go and sneak in a camera.
1: (gasps) That's fantastic. (laughs) I love that.
0: Yeah, I I loved all that. But yeah, so I mean, yes, because Barbara, you know, 40 years old when she did the film, but she'd been trying to make it like she got the rights in like the late 60s. So she'd been Mm. trying to make it for so long. Yeah. And then she kept like hitting. She hit the point where she was like, "Okay, I guess everyone is right that I'm too old now that I'm in my 30s and kept pushing it off, but then it's just, she just couldn't let it go. I was like, I, if not now, when, you, you know? know?
1: though, I will say, once she's in, like, her boy drag, like... I, I really think it's less of a problem than I thought it yes, would be before I it. doesn't I actually read as, it. like, right. some geriatric thing. Because no, no. the thing is, when you have someone who, like, has, like, those cheekbones and, like, can't grow a beard,
0: you put the blunt cut and yeah. the glasses on her, yeah. and it it just reads as, like, a youthful boy. I think it's more in the moment. Like, like thinking just of today, of... You know, whatever. Sure. Kate Blanchett is like, I'm going to go pretend to- I'm going to play like a 26 year old. And it's like, if we didn't know who Kate Blanchett was, You'd be like, well, sure, I could buy that because sure. you're Cape Blanchett and you're an ageless elf. Yes. Uh, but because it's just knowing, you know, we've seen we've Barbara has been in our films at this point for a decade over totally. a decade and has an Oscar in a movie in the 60s. And it's like we know, you know, it's what we're bringing to it as an audience. Well, Whereas was... now looking back, I feel like it's less of a problem because it's like, yes, I know she's 40, but I wouldn't have known she was 40 unless I specifically looked that up.
1: Totally. And that was the thing when you were telling me about it, like right before we started, that like that had been some of the like feedback at the time. I was like, "Gosh, was she? I think she was like thirty nine or something like that." Like Mm. when she, you know. But I was just like, "Was she?" I didn't remember her as looking particularly which she old and she She doesn't doesn't. particularly in the getup, you know. Right. And I guess we're meant to think Yentl is, is much younger. I mean, she's an unmarried woman of 39. She, I think she that- changed
0: it. I think it's like 18 in the original story and she pushed it to like 26, which I don't think they ever yeah. mention no. outside of like, at your age, you're going to still not get married. Totally. Which I thought, like, that just does... A, a lot. lot of work, but it's, I, I just also didn't know. It's also my ignorance of like the age of when you go to a yeshiva to study. If that mm-hmm. just is like at any point, Cause it just seemed there was like a certain like school, like boarding school energy to me Yeah, of all, like all these men seemed to be like, even though like you've got many with beards still felt like, okay, we are in our, we are, it felt like college is how it read to me. Like mm-hmm. we are in our early twenties going off to study um and maybe that's not the case maybe it's like oh at any age you can go i guess if mandy is going to a yeshiva to do research for barbara streisand then i guess it could mean you know a 30 year old mm. or whatever i, 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 I see don't actually at the really time. know I, I don't know I, it's my ignorance so but uh i i thought that aspect worked fine and once again mandy great 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 yeah but as for the actors who were considered richard gear turned it down
1: oh I don't actually have an image in my mind of what he would have looked like in the early 80s.
0: He's a very handsome man. He's oh, coming I off of it. American Gigolo, an officer and a gentleman. Which at I this have point. not
1: seen. Uh, and instead, in
0: 1983, he was doing the American remake of the film Breathless and the movie Beyond the Limit. I forget what film we had done where we'd brought this up some point recently. But this is the movie where he's having an affair with his friend Michael Caine's wife or like oh, girlfriend right. and there's the and picture the of Michael Caine on looks, the wall the, yes the poster is incredible look up the mm-hmm. poster listener to Beyond the Limit from 1983 where it's like Richard Gere in bed with a woman as a poster of Michael Caine looks on it's as weird. if he's weird. in the room watching and it's so so silly uh this actor, John Shea, was considered who played Avigdor in the Broadway production, oh. which I really appreciated that he was considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, in 1983, he was playing Robert F. Kennedy in a miniseries with Martin Sheen as John F. Kennedy. Oh. So I was like, well, that's good. He had like, it wasn't like, we'll give you an audition because you're in theater. You know, you were in the stage show and then right. get back to get back to the board, go back out. to trotting those boards, hey. uh, get out of Hollywood. But it was like, oh, no, you had like a big, splashy miniseries that you were part of at the time, which I dig. Uh, and Michael Douglas turned it down. Which I guess I if you're if you're say. getting
1: Richard Gere in there, it makes sense right. that Michael you want Douglas a big, is sexy also sexy star yeah. in the film.
0: Which I get. Michael Douglas is just a little bit too not. I was going to say too sexy. Not too not sexy. Too sexual for me.
1: Yes, for I this. completely agree. He leads with a sexual energy, whereas like Mady Pattingen, at least in this, that's just like a byproduct. Of their yeah. relationship and his charisma, yeah, you know, and the and again the way that they've shot him, it's much more. He's just like,
0: yeah. I Mandy's mean, coming see- out of the water with, you know, we're seeing, we're not seeing the Patinkus, we're seeing the patookas exactly. And he's coming out of the water, and it's just like as I was out for a swim. And Michael Douglas come out of the water, be like, you like what you see, exactly, <laughs> uh,
1: precisely. It, you know what? There's the moment in one of her think singing medleys. <sighs> where they're like palling around yeah. you know the the whatever the town is called that starts with like a b i forget and they're in some maybe it's a bakery or something but they're getting food and there's like the woman behind the counter who like winks at mandy and he's like Ugh, and and like grabs right, right, and like you know it's like let's go back it was just like oh yeah because she's a man now passes for a man they like can retreat back into their like rarefied world that only exists for men. Mm. You know, it was just very interesting to see that so starkly. It reminded me, there's this book that I read a while back called self-made man. I believe the author is Nora Vincent. And she's she in, I want to say like the mid two thousands, um, did a research project for this book where she like lived as a man in different circumstances. Now I will say it has a very mid two thousands, viewpoint on what a lot of that means you know but it's fascinating um and there's a chapter where she goes and lives in a monastery for a bit oh wow. and to to hear her talk about like how it wasn't that different in some ways from like the all men's bowling league that she joined earlier or like some of the other stuff she would do but it's just like it's an all-male space even more bowling in the monastery surprisingly (laughs) you'd be shocked um but it reminded me of that in that moment where it's like oh Mm. yeah they can then retreat behind this like curtain of like this is just like the world of men and we're, you know, you're not invited here. Like Hadas is is not invited to participate in a conversation. Yeah. No one is, but it just was a really interesting kind of a, I thought that moment was very telling and it's like, she's only getting to see this because she's in disguise in this way. And mm. anyway, that, that was also just to say that like, he wasn't playing, like he's clearly someone who in the world of this is very attractive. Yeah. But he's also the character isn't really trading on that. The character is not like I can't help
0: but that I'm Yeah, exactly. Minor. It's like
1: I love this one yeah. woman yeah and that's who I'm going to be with.
0: Yeah, he's not catting about town. He's no. just like I got my fiance. She is beautiful and now I can't talk about her cuz I'm going to be so horned up for the night. I'm trying mm-hmm. to sleep over here on Why, why do you have to talk me? about why had, why do you have to ask me her the color of her hair? Uh also Michael Douglas instead of doing this in 1983, he did this movie, The Star Chamber, that got middling reviews. But this is like the perfect kind of film that I want to see a remake of because it's like, what an idea for a film. Probably not a great execution. Uh, so it's called The Star Chamber. From P- directed by Peter Hyams, a.k.a. director of Time Cop and sudden death oh. with jcbd oh. uh where here's the plot a young judge frustrated by legal technicalities allowing guilty criminals to go free is invited by judge hal hallbrook into a secret society of judges that hires hitmen to kill criminals who escape courtroom justice with yafit koto as the detective on their trail
1: what yeah
0: apparently not a great film but that is i want that to be a great film because what a banana sounding that's a wild premise and that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of abridor and one was not and amy joe has to guess which is which your options are dustin hoffman Mm -hmm. kevin klein Mm. and christopher walken
1: Wow! What a wild array! What a uh, different performers. I'm gonna say Kevin Klein.
0: I'm sorry that is incorrect.
1: Well, I think Kevin Klein would be great in this role, so I'm glad to hear I'm wrong. Um, Dustin Hoffman.
0: That is correct. As far as I could tell, Dustin Hoffman not considered. I for thought this. he is
1: the worst choice out of the three, <laughs> but he was the most famous. So you know. Yeah. But I guess also Christopher Walken had just won an Oscar like three years before.
0: You know, but yeah i mean yeah christopher walken's got his oscar and hoffman's got his oscar for kramer versus kramer yeah, yeah i think kevin klein yeah is would be great kevin klein would be great would be totally great. you're getting a very similar a very muscular theatrical performance like you're getting mm-hmm. from mandy instead in 1983 he had the big chill and the film adaptation of pirates of penzance which he won a tony for on right. stage uh he's so which he's so so good as that pirate king
1: now i don't know how tall mandy is but I've seen Kevin Klein in person and he is quite tall. So I'm imagining him next to Stray yeah. Sand as being extreme. <laughs>
0: uh, and Christopher Walken was doing The Dead Zone in 1983, which is bananas picturing him in that film and transplanting him into this movie. Because mm-hmm. Christopher Walken was beautiful in his youth. Oh, yeah. But then he so quickly just became like the angel of death. Uh, so it is it is hard for me to picture walking and i love
1: walking oh i know you oh, do. i'm a big Washington i fan. know you do uh
0: yeah picturing him in this is difficult i think yeah mandy you know it's easily like the least showy in terms of a name of getting another big name actor in your film because his main thing was you've got one of tony did he win the tony for evita or he's just i don't know he's definitely nominated but either way like that I was he wasn't a splashy film actor not the way as that,
1: good with my like tony trivia as i right. should be Um, but yeah, he was, he was right after this. He did Sunday.
0: Yes. So either way, like he's not the Hollywood box correct. office draw the way that like Kevin Klein or Christopher Walken or Michael Douglas, Richard Gere would be, right. but Mandy, he's so good in it. So I am Barber glad Barbara was that right did to chase
1: it. after him. He was yeah. the correct option for that, especially if she is going to be older. It does make sense to cast someone opposite her. That's a little bit older as well. So at least they're in the same kind of ballpark.
0: I agree. 100%. Uh, let's move on to Reb Mendel, AKA Papa uh, Amy Jo, your thoughts on, if I'm saying this correctly, Nehemiah Persoff, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: This actor is wonderful. So good. Their relationship is so great. I mean, when you have a character that has to die early on, but like be the mentor figure that like whose shadow is cast or the rest of the yeah. film you know, you want it to be someone who makes an impact. And I think he absolutely does. Like we get the time and place and yet we get the love and we get how she has the determination to go forward and do this. Cause she has been nurtured. She has already been taught. It really sets the early mechanics of the play up really strongly. And I think that he just like, he's a home run. Um, I don't have a lot of other options. I mean, basically everyone that I could think of is like Broadway actors oh. like that's that's much yeah. more like the type of like older character actor who would just like come in and crush this and i think there's there's plenty of them the first one that came to mind is louis j stadlin who is like a classic oh, yeah. broadway character actor who's been crushing it on the boards for many many years uh maybe like he's he's i think old enough at this point to do it but like Eleni Wolpe, you know um mm-hmm. people who are funny with a lot of heart yeah. um so those those are a couple of Broadway character actors who've also done films, but yeah, you love know, it. Um, love that's it. my thought. I on love Papa. it.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't think of anyone. I love this guy though. I forgot until looking up his IMDb that he's been in a previous film we've covered because oh. he is Mitchell Travern in Twins. So he's the professor that they rough up when they're like, you're the no. one. I think that must be him. Like I, there's no one else because it's Tony J is like the German yeah. professor. So I'm like, I'm pr- almost positive. That's the only other character that I could think of wow. is the one that they find that like you... You know, you yeah. didn't tell us that our mother was he dead. he'd
1: be the right age, probably, right? Yeah. I mean, this is
0: eighty-three and uh that's like eighty seven, eighty-eight or something. Yeah. But yeah, so that's he's in that. He's a little bonaparte in some like it hot. He is Papa Mousekowitz in the American tale movies. Come this on. guy no. is everywhere. And is the he voice was of my
1: childhood, didn't even know.
0: Born in nineteen nineteen, still alive as of <gasps> this recording.
1: He's got hundred two years old. Oh my god
0: or hundred and one. You know, we're
1: recording this in in mid June, ish
0: twenty. Yeah. 20- yeah, so good for this guy, and yeah, I forget I forget offhand, but I think he was in like a Hitchcock film as well. Like this guy, like an amazing, amazing career, and, and he he crushes crushes in this movie yeah it is the problem for me when you have like this kind of role that needs to die off well i'm like on the one hand it's like we gotta get the plot moving because this movie is and it
1: can't get moving until he passes a half hours
0: long but exactly it's like i just want to spend more time with him because he's so good it's like Mm -hmm. i i wanted like Whatever, a flashback later on, or what she sees him in her mind, in her think singing mind's eye, and mm-hmm. we could see a little more of him. Like, I could have done with that, like a little, just a little flashback, a little, mm. some other scene of them would have been nice, because uh, he is so, so, so good. Uh, only one other actor that was up for it this actor, Morris Karnowsky, was considered. Uh, who his credits that jumped out to me he's in the jose ferrer cyrano adaptation oh. and which i was not aware was a thing that existed a sydney lamet film from 1962 which is an adaptation of a view from the bridge the broadway play
1: oh uh, yeah well the 60s were a big time for the like kind of television version of
0: true of, of plays that's true I, just I did not know it. that i love sydney lamet and i didn't know that this existed but i believe it's i think it's maureen stapleton in it <gasps> as well <laughs> you're gasping Sorry, involuntary i don't think it was a big success or a, mm. of a film but I, I just didn't even know that existed um but let's move on to hadas amy joe your thoughts on amy irving and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else
1: also great hair um yeah. we've got to say that off the jump
0: beautiful these red curls
1: She's, you know, it's interesting, right? Like, I feel, because we talked about this after the movie was over, that perhaps it tried a little too hard to to kind of hit the no- nail on the head of, like, she really only starts talking when Anshul is there. Because right. Anshul also is, like, the first person to really ask her questions. But I... Like, I wonder, like, you you were saying when we watch, is like, she could have said something. She could have said, oops, or something, something beforehand, something. which I, I do agree. I think you were, like, saying, like, maybe some very basic small talk or something that will then show how it's different right. with Anshul or someone who's actually asking her deeper questions. Um, so I think she does a, an excellent job with what she has. I don't love the scene where they're like... Throwing the pillows around. I think it's neither of their best work in that yes, scene. Yes, they, they
0: get married and Anshul is like, okay, we'll just pretend, for your parents' sake, we'll pretend that we've- We'll rough
1: up the ha- bed. sex by yeah. just
0: having a pillow fight and accidentally breaking the bed.
1: But they basically like- I keep thinking Barbara. yentl keeps pouring them both wine.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> they're in, in they're drunk they're by drunk her She's, immediately. They're drunk by her pouring the wine. They but by pouring the wine that gets them drunk. Not drinking the wine, pouring the wine is what yeah. gets them drunk.
1: So it, it I was like, there's a lot of drunk acting happening, but it's been one continuous scene. Like it's not like we're meant to have jumped ahead in time. So they got very giggly. It's very not quickly, the best. No, but I will say, other than that, which I think part of that is is not Amy Irving's fault. I, I think agree. she does a lovely job. She's very like she she has an interesting arc that I think she plays really nicely. I like her as a presence in this film, and her eyes are like beautiful. And I think for someone very who, expressive, exactly for someone who has so little that she gets to say for the first half of the movie, we get a lot through through her eyes. This is kind of mean but my first thought was like Oh actually maybe like in a more Contemporary version like gal gadot with fewer lines might actually be a good use of her you know um i think she's she's someone who is stunning to look at and like does, like when she's not carrying the film as we learned from wonder woman one versus two like she does a bit better i was like that would you know obviously she's not playing Hadas in a remake of yentl at this she's point. not <laughs> surprised um but i was like oh i could i could see that a younger natalie portman
0: that's who i had mm-hmm. as well like it was i was thinking like if this was made in like the late 90s if this is made around phantom menace yeah times i'm like yeah i could she'd be 100% like 100 absolutely
1: that. go to her yeah. um and then <laughs> it seems funny also to keep going to actors who are singers when they won't be singing but like um not around phantom era but maybe a little after that like emmy Rossum, someone mm. also
0: who is like expressive with great hair and you know what like let's assume that this is the version that we're making that's going to be a full-blown musical where she can sing
1: give her an ingenue I, number i mean
0: if they were to which no one ever would but if they were to remake yentl they'd remake it as a full-blown musical.
1: because they're not or really if stupid. they were going to remake
0: it they'd they'd do it as a stage show and I then it'd be a musical would, a full yes. musical open it up allow these other characters to sing yeah, yeah. uh yeah D- natalie portman 100 agree Uh, I was like, she'd be a little young for it in 1983, but a few years later, it's still, once again, Room with a View around that era. Like Helena Bonham Carter,
1: I think will be really interesting.
0: Because just getting someone who's more of an interesting creature of a performer. Where you
1: read that on them without them having to have lines. Exactly. And young
0: Helena Bonham Carter is still like this beautiful Mm waif-like creature. But I think she's just such an interesting actor to me. So I think that you're getting that little extra something when I think the script is not, really giving her that i think
1: literally I not know, giving her of much of
0: this, to do of this love triangle she is the one that i think ironically bears the brunt of like the one who's for kind of forgotten about mm-hmm. uh though is the one that would get an oscar nomination for the film Truly, really? she's the acting nomination the film was nominated for i'm forgetting off the top of my head it's nominated i think it won for like best score it got two song nominations And I think maybe like best, maybe cinematography or production design. It got some technical nominations. Uh, And then for her, she's the first actor. And keeping in mind that the Oscars, all awards are meaningless, but the first actor to be nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie for the same performance. (gasps) So she's in company with Glenn Close for her Hillbilly Elegy.
1: Look, the Razzies are trash. They're
0: such stupid, I'm sorry. Stupid it makes nonsense. me so
1: mad. People are just trying to oh, do a good I'd, job, trying to do some work, and it's hateful. I agree.
0: But that's why I find it that much more shocking for a role to be nominated for both. I don't think it deserved to be nominated for either is where I fall on the key. I would agree. I don't think it deserves a Razzie nomination, but- I did not care for her in this. And I'm, and I also am like, I'm fully aware that a, a large part of that is the script, but I think it's like, that's the script is you're, you're, you know, when the script is not allowing your actor to talk, I just want a performer that is then using the, in your, you know, is able to, with a look, be telling you more mm-hmm. than what I personally feel I think for me also, got from Amy Amy It's
1: also the tricky line right of they're really trying to communicate that this is a this is a person who has been taught not to think and not to have opinions or feelings about anything other than the almond tarts or whatever so like it's nope no but it's it's again then taking that like maybe too far and, and uh, taking it further than the audience needed
0: to right. get the point. Well, th- I honestly, then, like, take it even further, because then let's see the arc. Let's see, like, once she's learned yes. from the Talmud and seeing where she's like, oh, no, I'm now more aware of the world. I want to see then her like as this, whatever doll in a music box, yes. porcelain doll figure of just like, I don't know anything of the world. Like, you know, I I just, I, I think agree. I room. think if they
1: started further away and went further with it, yeah. it actually would be a very interesting look, listen, Broadway. If you're thinking about making this into a <laughs> musical, you got, you got time. Uh, you got time on the stage. Give her a bigger arc. I'm interested. <laughs>
0: 100% My thing is that I know that if, so, if someone were to make a Broadway musical, they would rhyme like, like Yentl, she's so mental. And I, oh, I, God. I hate it just thinking about it.
1: They don't have to do that, but Jeff.
0: They don't have to, but they would. It's like the version of
1: Bell. It's like the opening number about how, yeah. how yes, Yentl it is It would is absolutely mental. be oh, the dear. opening
0: of Bell. Pasek and Paul's Yentl. Oh. is <laughs> Okay. 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 Uh, okay. So, one of the records <laughs> up for Hadas, Diane Lane auditioned. Huh. S- 17 at this time, but she'd been making movies well, for a few years already. She was in
1: um, Runaways on Broadway oh, in 79, no. Liz Suedos' Runaways, which. She like that. That was like a big splashy right. moment for her.
0: Right. Yeah. Because in 1983, she is in The Outsiders and Rumblefish. So she's in both films adapted from S.E. Hinton wow. novels. So I, I that was clearly S.E. Hinton did not write. Yentel, so no go for diane lane it was uh sorry
1: do. i'm contractually bound
0: um but love diane lane oh, also yeah. such i think a dynamic performer so i'm interested in that i sure i would very much like that um but those are all the characters that i found other casting options for there were a few characters i didn't mention want to briefly touch on them
1: there's one whose name is it who can it be oh <laughs> Yentel. <laughs> uh
0: yes uh Yentel's Streisand. so i mean yeah i don't know if you had tova feldscher in the Broadway production, Tova's. If you great. do the movie, it's not a musical. It's just like a straight.
1: Well, and Tova drama. sings, you know.
0: Oh, okay, but, that's a good point. But she's not Barbara Streisand, right? Um, but I mean, Barbara is. She, I think she's great. We've. I think we've talked a lot about her. I, I think ultimately, she does a great job in this. Yeah, and we're getting Barbara singing some.
1: Oh, uh, the a vocals! A few great songs in smooth. amongst
0: many, many, many songs. Uh, we have Stephen Hill as Reb Alter Vishkower, who I believe is uh, Hadassah's father, who's been in everything from the firm to yeah, Rod. He looked the very Arnold familiar Schwartz to me. Anger. I was like,
1: I've seen both of these parents in a bunch of stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, and Norma Atala, who played the Vishkower family maid, was barbara streisand stand-in on the movie oh. so streisand had her memorize yentl's lines and play them while she was setting shots so this woman knew all of yentl the entire part of yentl oh and so gosh. she could have performed the part of yentl if barbara broke her ankle this is the understudies going on for yentl wow uh, but i i mean that's bananas to me to make her do learn all that but uh, i can but i do love that that this made is just like wow. i guess i'm technically playing yentl. you
1: know <laughs> <laughs> What we ask of assistance, And by we, I've never had an assistance. By we, Let we, me mean be clear. By we, Sand. we mean By we, we mean Barbra Streisand.
0: <laughs> wowie, wowie, wow. Uh, so final thoughts. Any other actors that popped out at you? Any other moments in the film? Any other place where you feel that Hadas could have benefited with a Lena Lamont accent?
1: Everywhere. Uh, that answer is everywhere. I mean, uh, yeah, this was... You know, I remember when we rewatched Hook for the show, that was a bit of like some mental gymnastics of being like, oof, I loved this in my youth. Some of this still really holds up. Some, of, some of it is a is- flower
0: sniffing Robin Williams crotch.
1: Yeah. Some of it is a flower sniffing Robin Williams crotch. But this was more uh, extreme than i expected right
0: i i didn't popping the balloon of nostalgia ever so not popping but like deflating 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 where i was like ever so mm, slightly
1: there's too much to speak singing Mm -hmm. um again there's some stuff in here that i think really holds up and is really beautiful and then there's stuff that i was like okay this could eh, okay 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 um but I'm glad I
0: rewatched it. I'm glad we're talking about it. Like me you too. Know, I'm, I'm glad. Especially, especially, listener, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I, would we recommend checking it out if you've never seen Yentel before. Look,
1: if you like any of the things we've talked about, which is like Barbara Streisand, Mandy Patinkin, Jewish stories, like there is a lot in here that is worth seeing. But watch it knowing there's too much of Barbara Streisand sing narrating her thoughts.
0: I think check it out, but keep a finger on the fast forward button. And if you're like this song, this song's melody is uh, not gonna stick in my mind. Amy you Irving's can go gonna spill a lot of food forwards.
1: on the on the table, and, and you you know what? We don't need to see it every time it happens, you know. But like, yeah, if I'm you such like a oh, I'm such a clutch Gosh.
0: <laughs> yes, as Yent as uh, Anchel is like teaching her from like the lessons. Uh, she's also teaching her elocution.
1: Anshel, Angel A- uh, Angel you didn't make me. Uh, he didn't make me tremble tonight, Angel. You did, Anshel. Oh
0: my god, <laughs> I love it.
1: Amy Joe. Jeffrey,
0: what are you recommending this week?
1: I'm gonna recommend that book I was talking about earlier, "Self Made Man." The author is Nora Vincent. Like I said. It's not like a slam dunk, this, like, like, there's a lot to think about and consider. She's also a lesbian, so, like, listening to her talking about navigating men's spaces is fascinating. Um, But it is, uh, I don't know, it's very interesting. Again, it reaches some kind of, like, 2008 ish conclusions that mm. I think maybe we've gotten to a more nuanced idea of like gender and gender performance at this point. So in maybe time. just
0: keeping that in mind, I keeping think in that mind that's very that important. it is a 2008 period piece yes. and it's just of how far we've come there and how far we could continue to Which is to very
1: go. far. However, it's fascinating as just an exploration of someone who went into the experiment thinking they would experience one thing that then had a very different outcome and experience and went to all these different spaces that are you know reserved for one gender um so yeah self-made man i found it a very quick very interesting read if if nothing else
0: love it jeff amy joe
1: what do you recommend
0: them i want to recommend the show how to with john wilson uh which is on hbo or hbo max it is a uh like a documentary series i don't know how to describe it it's kind of its, own, it's its own thing, <laughs> uh, but it is, and the little blurb is an anxious New Yorker who attempts to give everyday advice while dealing with his own personal issues. So each episode starts with like how to make small talk or just like how to uh, make the perfect risotto. And he keeps getting distracted by like his life just takes these fascinating turns. It's so funny and somewhat bizarre, uh, but is it's 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 so i found it incredibly unique and the whole thing is six episodes so if you got hbo max i just kind of checked it out on a whim and and it's very
1: much made by a comedian so it's also like it goes to some pretty extreme ridiculous hilarious places because a comedian you're looking at it through the lens of someone who is looking at the world satirically
0: yes nathan fielder is one of the producers on it so it's kind of like it's a not an offshoot of nathan for you but is kind of like following in that Mm. realm of these like comedic documentaries uh but I, I loved it. I found it also like weirdly life-affirming uh, and uh while still being ridiculous and bizarre. So uh, I check out How to with John Wilson. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at gmail.com and let us know. If
1: you want to know what movie we're doing on the next episode or you just want to keep up with our general shenanigans, find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring.
0: Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.